0: A little bouncer slowly toward bryant he will glove it and throw to rizzo it's in time and the chicago cubs win the world series
1: that was a hell of a play did you see that yes yeah. i can't believe they did that that's that's amazing
0: i remember running home on the TV to the Cubs game, Sitting with my dad to watch his
1: heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast, now hanging out with the guys at Obstructed View. We are not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but we're just a bunch of fans who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball, and of course, the 2016 World Series Champion Cubs. Good day. This is Ken. I am Rice Cube on the socials. With me is Brasilius, also known as Jeff. How's life, Jeff? It's good.
0: Long weekends are great. Need yeah, more of them.
1: Definitely. So, we are on the other side of Memorial Day. The Cubs finally won a game again, which is awesome. Hopefully, they will win another one as we record because at this time they're about to play game two against the Rays. No idea how it's going to go, but figure we can talk a little bit about Kyle Hendricks making his second start. I thought the first one was pretty good, but we'll talk about that later. Basically, this roster is still not in its final form, and we don't know if David Ross or Jed Hoyer actually know what they're doing, but we will keep the faith. So how's that for our plan, Jeff? I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. Sounds good. As the spring gave
0: away to summer the call dreams the days that kept us yearning for
1: tomorrow. It's been a very bad month like uh, April seems so far away now and it's almost the end of May. We're feeling pretty good at the end of April and now the Cubs are what seven games under 500, maybe eight depending on what happens tonight but it's not feeling too good for us right now.
0: Yeah, I definitely had a bit of cognitive dissonance listening to maybe yesterday's game. Yeah, the the win yesterday when at the end of the game Pat Hughes was talking up like, "Oh, you know, maybe we can go on a pennant race for now." And I was like, "Didn't the Cubs just have the worst record in the National League?" But I, I guess that's kind of where the uh, where the NL is right now, or yes. at least the NL Central. Right? I mean, you got the worst record in the league, and you're still only five games out. So.
1: Yeah, there are a lot of teams ahead of them for that final wild card, but they're also very close to the final off- wild card. I think they're only four games back as of this recording. There's chances for them to actually do something, but a lot of things have to be fixed before then because looking at a lot of poor situational offense, you're looking at just the bullpen not doing what they're supposed to do or what we thought they would be capable of doing and i honestly don't know if it's just like a systemic thing where pitch lab is completely broken everybody is just breaking all at once it's like when the plan works it really really works like the defense is superb the pitching doesn't give up anything right like marcus stroman's really awesome start the other day when he almost threw a no-hitter and he threw a complete game shutout, which was awesome, but you can't expect to shut out the uh, opponent every night. So I don't know what they're going to do about just scoring more than a single run and making sure that, you know, when runs are scored, they don't give up more than we're just scored. It's a very difficult thing, baseball is, but uh, you think more often than not, you would be able to protect a multi-run lead.
0: Yeah, I don't really know where to pin it either. I mean, it, I could say a lot of uh, generalities, just bullpens are always going to drive you crazy unless you're the whatever year that was with the Royals. I can't remember what, whatever that was. It's not the only team. Like, when like people talk about, like, uh, you know, needing dead, trade deadline help, everyone always needs bullpen help, except maybe that team is the only exception. But, like, as far as the actual roster goes, I mean, I I think I said this on a previous podcast, like, everyone's okay. At least, right? There's I, I don't really see any glaring holes in the roster, or at least any any unusual glaring holes, right? I mean, mm-hmm. if your backup catcher is not very good, I mean that's that's normal. I mean, we we bitched about David Ross all the time when he played for the Cubs, except maybe that uh, that last season when he kind of defied our
1: expectations. I mean, just they just need to play better.
0: <laughs> I don't really know how to fix that.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I know they've been shuttling like relievers. Up and down left and right Assad came up for a couple of innings against the Reds he was okay and then he just gave up like a couple more runs maybe I, I it, it's just like blending together now I don't forgot if it was blown out by the Mets or by the the Reds now because that that was like an, a series that they literally should have won yets. Because of poor bullpen or poor starting pitching, like guys not doing what they were supposed to, people striking out. It, it's like uncanny how often they load the bases with two outs and then the next guy like grounds out or strikes out. It's ridiculous. You know, maybe that's just like a lot of bad luck brewing all at once. And like we were saying, they're only like five games back of first. And right now, the first-place team is getting destroyed in Toronto. So it's not like it's insurmountable, but I'm sure you've seen the quotes in the media. Like, at some point, they have to do something because it's not going to be early forever.
0: Yeah, I don't even know what they do. Like, I mean, they could hire their 20th hit, hitting coach in the, last, in the last 10 years. I don't know if that'll fix anything. David Ross is probably would be the guy to to get the ax, but... I mean, some of his lineup decisions have been a little weird, but I'm I'm much less complaining about manager and lineup choices than I used to be. I don't know. Uh, I can't really speak to how he uh, how he runs the clubhouse. So, you know, I I can't really say that uh, Fire Gross might things or bring someone else. I don't
1: know. Yeah, I think a lot of people have been complaining about his reliance on platoon handedness. You know, there's a lefty on the mound. Let's start some righties. easy. There's a lefty on the mound. That pretty much has reverse splits. I'm going to start a a bunch of righties anyway and reverse for, you know, against right-handed pitching. So I guess he's getting a lot of data. He's getting the backing of the front office. There's not too much complaining. Like, nobody's really hitting as well as they could be right now, so it probably doesn't matter, right? There's a lot more blame being put on David Ross than he really deserves but at the same time if you are trying to win at the margins every little decision compounds so it's important for him to just try to optimize what they're giving him which you know in my in my view there there are a few spots that could probably be swapped out as soon as say Cody Bellinger feels better and you know more guys hit their way out of slumps down in Iowa but yeah, there's just some guys that are literally rotting on the bench, like in Edwin Rios. <laughs> he, he's had like two at bats in the past week or something. It's it's no, like why not, are you even here, you know? I mean, that's fine. They're bench bats.
0: I mean, I mean the fact that, um, I mean my, my brain still hasn't completely uh, switched over to the fact that we have the DH now, right? Because just because we don't have pitchers hitting anymore, it <laughs> means we don't have a zillion. There's there's way less for a manager to decide, right? Other than when to pull pitchers. I mean, there's not much really more you need to do <laughs> so, so to line up and, and figure out what to call the bullpen. Right, there's, there's a lot less gamesmanship, which, which in some sets I'm, I'm a little sad by, but the, in some other sets I often felt like that was a little uh, little overblown at times. <laughs> okay. And I, I, I like having, uh, having a bigger bench to specifically go for the platoon advantage more often. That's what I was hoping to see. It just isn't working, I guess.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're being deployed as well as they could be. And even if they are optimizing the lineup, the lineup (laughs) there's only so much you can optimize if they're not basically world beaters, right? On the other side of the coin, when I'm thinking of say a Jameis Tyone, like I'm looking at some of the individual pitches. They they have a lot of voodoo on them, but then he throws one that just gets destroyed. And you're just like, is there something wrong? With the mechanics, is there something wrong with the pitch calling? Is there something wrong with their sequencing? What's what the heck's going on? Because overall, the stuff seems like it should be working. Even Stroman's previous start, I, I think, because the Rays are super disciplined. Of course, you're going to get in a lot of three-ball counts, but maybe don't do that anyway. Uh, easier <laughs> said than done, but. Yeah, all those three ball counts are limiting your your time on the mound because now your your deep, deeper counts, your pitch count is all kind of messed up. I, I feel like they they could be taking advantage of the fact that they do have a defense behind them. Don't elevate that ball. It's again easier said than done. Pitching is super hard. I can't aim the ball, and I'm not trying to pitch into you know a square or anything but at, at some point you have to trust the defense and you know some some of the problem is that you know they're they're just giving up home run balls and there's nothing the defense can do about that so try to trim the meat
0: we're getting uh, a zillion line drives too <laughs> only so many of them yeah. are going to be hit right at guys and the, or, the, or at least the cubs have been really good at yeah. doing that on uh, yeah. on offense but
1: yeah, has you, it, you has it that, to too, minutes? right? It, it, it's like the the defense on the other team is set up perfectly, and the Cubs are letting squeakers get through. So something's miscalibrated with their data system.
0: Yeah, I don't know if they haven't adjusted for the, the new shift rules or not. You know, the teams it, have it, it, it's uh, fr- gotten their data it's faster.
1: Crazy. Did you see all this stuff over the past week or two about the pitch clock where a lot of guys are getting auto striked and freaking out because they don't know like where the pitcher is or pitchers are getting geeked there there was a Wilson Contreras thing where he made Kenley Jansen do like two or three pitch violations in a row because he was halfway in the box they had to clarify that so that that was kind yeah. of funny, like Wilson Contreras, basically uh, will Chamberlain the rule <laughs> uh, <laughs> for the pitch clock. And then this, the original one is that the pitcher can't come set unless the guy's in the box. Uh, a way that I'm thinking about this is like a hockey face off. You, you ever watch ice hockey? I think the defense has to set down his stick. Then the offense goes down before the referee drops the the puck. So it's kind of like that. First of all, the catcher has to be in the box in the catcher's box by nine seconds. Yeah. The batter has to be in the batter box and alert to the pitcher by eight seconds. And then the pitcher can then come set and deliver the pitch before zero seconds on the clock that that's the simplest way that they can define the rule and i thought that they had all this figured out but uh, like everybody's just trying to game the system i think if they simplify it to that catchers in the box batters in the box pitchers ready that that's like the simplest way you, you can do it and then they have to like figure out like what's a disengagement what's a mound visit when can i actually reset the clock all that kind of thing but that's probably the the rarity rather than the rule, though, because when something screwy happens, everybody knows about it. But for the most part, like 99.9% of the time, it seems like it's been working fine so far. The goofy thing is that Christopher Morrell, who started the year in Iowa, should know this, but he's already gotten like two or three pitch call violations. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, what are you doing, sir?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of minor league baseball, but are they as hardcore about it, the minors? So I, I know, uh, I I know certainly in the majors, I mean, they made a very specific emphasis to not make any exceptions. But I wonder if that's the case in the minors or not.
1: No, I think they're very stringent, and in fact, they have like two or th- one or two seconds less on the clock than the majors. So they they actually have less time to get so. Oh, really? So the majors get a little more leeway in terms of time, but the minors. It's like 19 seconds with men on and 14 seconds with uh, bases empty. So huh. much... well, even that,
0: even even then, for like if it were me, like the fact that it was different at all would mess me up.
1: Did you know that Nick Madrigal finally hit a home run? Except it was in Iowa, so it doesn't count. But you know, <laughs> was it actually in Iowa or was it for Iowa? It was for Iowa in Iowa, I
0: believe. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I was I think pretty regular park, but a lot of those other PCL parks are like I, I was listening to he falls podcast or something. And he was talking about how if he had like, especially pitching prospects, but even hitters, like he, he said that he, he'd rather uh, just promote them straight from double a to the major leagues instead of having them play right. in the PCL, just because the offensive environment is so weird. <laughs> so many of those parts, he's afraid it would
1: mess them up. So there's like a new rule. I believe in double a, there's a pre-tech ball in one I think, league. I think they're doing.
0: Yeah. It's just in the Southern league, which I think the Smokies right. are in.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that that might be why Ben Brown was promoted like pretty quickly. Like he's he was killing it anyway. But, you know, they promoted oh, him so that he, he could get away from the pre tack ball. And from, you know, the, there there's the other rules issues, you know, with the sticky stuff where Max Scherzer and some other guys got suspended because they they had too much rosin and alcohol in their hands. And it's just like, dude, just get rid of the rosin bag or or pre-tack the ball like they do in Japan and Korea. Yeah. Oh, I, didn't the, re- I didn't
0: realize that's what they did in Japan and Korea, but it, it I sounds believe like... believe
1: they do. Yeah. Be- I mean, it because it, it, it sounds like, like a,
0: though, just from what, I, what I've heard, you know, whatever, secondhand from the Southern League stuff, that whatever's going on there apparently is much more extreme. Or maybe, maybe it's just that no one knows how to, how to deal with it like they do in Japan. I don't know, because they... use it a lot longer (laughs) in japan but like it's been uh, it's been it's been real weird
1: (laughs) the other thing that they're trying right now is automatic balls and strikes so there's there's a cool challenge system yeah Uh, i really like that actually i'm pretty sure that's coming like next year or the year after because like nlb has the kind of authority to just shoehorn in a rule with a year of notice so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw it next spring and it would get rid of a lot of these stupid umpire scorecards. <laughs>
0: Although the is, big, the big uh,
1: issue, I think, would have been uh, with the umpires union. And I, I don't know if they
0: have a different agreement, but um, I, I think the setup is one that they would be much more uh, amenable to.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because now you know the, the game keeps going. You don't have to rely on a computer that could potentially crash. <laughs> uh, in the yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I remember like I mean, maybe, maybe it's different now, but I remember
0: this was years ago. Now, so I'm sure it's much better now. That uh, because this, this has been a constant complaint for for over a decade, uh, right? I mean, I remember talking to Terry uh, Pavlidis, and he was like, it, "It's not the technology isn't nearly good enough to do it." yeah i
1: I did too uh, because there were a couple of episodes so like six or seven years ago uh, when we started the dreamcast i had harry on and that was when he said basically the technology isn't good enough but now it's improved and i think like the last episode i did uh, last spring training with harry we we did talk a little bit about it and i think he he was more amenable to it than he was in the past because the technology had improved like it's still not perfect so that's why i i think he's still reticent to do it but he, he was a lot more you know yeah i mean i mean
0: i, I work. all about it tangentially with like ai like image analysis stuff in my in my day job these days it's a lot better than it used to be but it's still not a, I, I still wouldn't say it, it would be accurate enough but uh, you know to be used this often you know and i uh Thing where there is literally money involved. <laughs> okay. you know, I, I think this is an easier problem though than, than the kind of stuff we've been looking at. But
1: you notice that Gregory Mancini has been striking out a lot. I thought he was a, a better contact guy than what he was, but then again, it's like <laughs> it's Shane McClanahan, so it's not like it's going to be easy, you know. One one of the things that I've been thinking about is how in the narrative, whether it's in the media or in our fellow bloggers, they're just like. Oh, arbitrary endpoint. This is what's been happening since X date over the last ten at bats. We've seen him hit like four hundred, uh, with with the five hundred on base, and he's slugging like nine hundred or whatever. So yay, yeah, maybe he's on and and you're just like, uh, you're a math guy. because you, know, you, you got your doctorate in math. So just like from a statistical standpoint when can we actually be sure that something like this is real? And I think the, the actual answer is when they've played like a few seasons.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was, so, was
1: going to say like, never. Yeah. There was
0: some stuff that, uh, that Russell Carlton did several years ago. I don't know how, if I'm sure it probably still applies about how many PAs you could look at for stuff to stabilize. But the, the main the main thing I think of was I know there was a chapter in in the book in the 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 book about whether you could detect if a guy's on a hot streak or not hot streak or not and the answer was pretty much you can't. And hot streaks are entirely like yeah. the the uh, XKCD beam about like a, a random number generator spit out some numbers, let's let's craft some narratives around them.
1: <laughs> yeah. So in my philosophy, I'm just like I, I don't care what he's hit in the past, you know, 10 at bats or 50 or 200. In any given moment, it is possible that this guy can smack a home run or ground into a double play. Like it's going to happen. So I, I think I'm at the point where I'm just like, I don't really care about the stats. Like I don't really do research for this thing, which is kind of terrible. <laughs> but. You know, I'm using my eyes and I'm seeing good pitches that just end up in the wrong part of the zone. And so that's why I'm thinking about, you know, there's a coaching problem or a pitch calling problem or something like that. Basically, they they have the talent there. There's an obvious talent in there. The issue is consistency and execution. So if they can execute better, this team can still be what we th- thought in the preseason. They could at least be five hundred. Yeah, I mean, that's a
0: that's a fancier way of being my uh, my TLDR. Just, just just play better, guys.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're good. So. You're not great. You know, play 500 ball from here. to I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know for how, for how uh, even keeled I've been kind of on this podcast, both when the Cubs were good and when they were struggling. I was like, know, yeah, this is what happens. Like sun- Sunday's game against the Reds was the first time I've actually been been pissed watching the team. <laughs>
1: Yeah. When, uh, was was that the one that they blew the lead? Was it a big lead? It was a big lead, wasn't it? It was not
0: a big it, lead, but it, I think it was, a, it was a non-trivial lead, at least.
1: Yeah, because there there were at least a few games that have blended together in my mind now where they had a big lead and the bullpen just basically crapped the bed. And it, it's hard on the manager, which is why I don't blame them too much. Like, whatever guy you throw in, they're just not going to gonna perform and it's like super strange why that is that it, it, it is essentially looks like a systemic failure right
0: oh, saturday but, was the one where they blew the lead and then like jonathan freaking india had two two home runs <laughs> yeah that was dumb
1: sunday but, it was uh, close early
0: and then they like that's where they like loaded that's where they loaded the bases like every inning and didn't get any runs in
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, I guess we could blame some of that on sequencing, but, like, at some point, somebody has to come through. I mean, three out of ten times you would expect it to happen, right, because of just how bad the works, but, you know, sometimes it's it's just not meant to be. Fangrass has, has clutch numbers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, can can they actually measure clutch? Like, they, they have I mean, there's, in, there's indices, WPA right? and stuff, but, oh, yeah, there's yeah. clutch. Here we go. Yeah, because they have leverage indexes and stuff like that.
0: Holy crap! Like I, I know they were talking about it effectively wild well, how the Padres have been really unclutch uh,
1: this year. Mm-hmm. And I think
0: yeah, Ben had made a prediction, which is extremely unusual for him. But like the uh, the Padres clutch numbers, this is just looking at the NL is a negative one point eight three. However you calculate that, that's second worst in the NL. The worst mm-hmm. is the Cubs Oops. by three times as much as that negative six point two six that is yeah. insane holy shit I mean I mean I, I, on the one hand I'm not surprised but the fact that it's so much bigger than every other team,
1: Jesus it goodness. does pass the eye test, though, because there's a lot of ground outs. There's a lot of grounded into double plays. There's a lot, there's of, a lot of line I mean,
0: this, is, this doesn't even take into account, like, all the line drives hit right at guys and all that other Exactly, shit. yeah.
1: And and the problem is that a lot of the times that they're looked, they're having base runners is with two outs so that's just like weighting it towards failure right because there's only so much you can do with two outs you can't sack fly you can't like do a squeeze bunt or anything you can't you know do a fielder's choice basically you have to put the ball in play or let the pitcher throw a wild pitch but your your options are limited with two outs and that's what i've been seeing it's like a lot of times that these Opportunities are happening is with two outs. And then you you compound that with all the times that they've loaded the bases with no outs. And then it's like strike it, strike out, whatever out. It, it's a major execution fail. So that number that you just told me about the clutch index or whatever they call it, it doesn't surprise me at all, just based on how poorly things have gone. For a couple of days from June, be a little bit before they actually fire Ava Russ, especially since you know they they did extend him through next year with a club option for 2025. So Jed is here for at least that. I think the new guy Carter Hawkins. I don't know when his co- contract is up, but uh you know there there's always talk about getting away from the Theo Epstein Jed Hoyer GM tree, just based on how well the minor league guys are doing. I feel like they know what they're doing. The the issue is just translating it to the majors. That's always been the issue is, like we know they have talents, just maintain that talent at the major league level. Yeah, I I say that like it's easy, but that's what they really need to do is just like continue churning out good prospects, impact players, uh, develop from within, so you don't have to get them from without. talked about the fact that they're within five games of first place they are no longer in last place in the nl central by the way which is awesome with cody bellinger on the il for the next couple weeks at least some of these guys are going to have to step up like even if edwin rios only bats like once a game they they should try to try to get get them more matchups just to see and kind of convince themselves that maybe he should just stay in Iowa and bring Nick Ma- Madrigal back. I don't know. I, I know Adam's going to be, like, pissed off if Madrigal comes back up after his re- very recent hot streak, but, you know, that that might be what happens after his 15 days are up. Morale and
0: people grumbling about him uh,
1: batting low in the lineup. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he is batting ninth, but I, I think the- a lot of that has to do with the swing and miss and matchups, and maybe he's, like, the second leadoff guy in front of Warner, although if he gets a hit, it's probably going over the wall. So I I
0: mean, mean, he's pretty much a three strikeouts and a home run kind of guy. So sequencing-wise, you don't necessarily want that in the middle of your lineup.
1: (laughs) That's true. Yeah, until he, like, figures out the zone a little better and gets rid of the swing and miss, but I think that's always going to be part of his game, so not much you can do about that. I, I think that's gonna do it for us. Want to thank you for hanging out with me again, Jeff. Uh hopefully we get grab some guys as like the summer comes around and you know the kids go sleep over and whatever to leave the dads alone. But uh, my kids about to graduate from high school on Friday, so that's exciting. Congrats. Yeah, yeah, it's been it's been a journey. Can, Hang out with us at obstructiveview.net. We are also on Facebook for the World Series Dreaming Facebook. Our podcast is on Podbean. You can find us on basically everywhere that you find podcasts. The, the 10 or so people who listen to this, we really appreciate it. And I try my best to make it sound at least good, because if you're putting in the effort to listen, I'm putting in the effort to make the sound good and trying to make us sound as Not stupid as possible. (laughs) Yeah. So you can rate us on Apple Podcasts and share us with your friends. Email still world series dreaming at gmail dot com. Gonna thank Rich Deanna for our theme song and Randall Sanders for pulling the final out call for the World Series champion cups. Any last words, Mr. Jeff?
0: I just said it'd be real funny to see the Cubs sweep
1: the race after getting swept by the Reds. I don't Uh, expect to find it to be funny. (laughs) <laughs> we'll find out next week. Uh, you'll, you'll either see us very elated because uh, Cubs had a good start to the month of June or we'll be pissed off some more. But in the meantime, uh, yeah, go Cubs, sweep the race. Let's do it. Go Cubs. Or swept the Rays. by the time this thing comes out. I, I think I, I think it'll take me a while to edit this, but we'll see. Yeah, see you next week, Jeff.
0: See you later. It's more than just a game.
1: He might even be relatively uh, sick yeah, up for once. No, no, he's out. He's definitely out. The glove was on his butt before his, the oven that slid in, right? More than just again.